0: Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 83 for Monday, April 6th, 2020. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as PixelRiffs and joining me as always is dungeon conquering Joel Duggan. Hi Joel! <laughs>
1: I am here and I have my axe and it's sharp so look out. Uh, if you'd like to hear a little bit about uh, Minecraft Dungeons you can check out the Render Distance, our pre-show conversation. Uh, we spent most of it actually talking about Twitch, YouTube, streaming uh and actually uh, onward with new pixar film which i highly recommend so check that out at render distance you can get to it at the Spunchunks chunks on patreon uh to get the extended conversation uh we are going to talk a lot about minecraft dungeons later on in this episode because both johnny and i have had a chance to dive into the beta which i think is uh is gonna be a fun conversation um i can say quickly What's doing Minecraft, Joel? Nothing. I haven't played because uh, my computer has a system-wide frame stutter or a quote-unquote micro stutter, as the internet has decided to inform me. That's what it's called. I even rolled my NVIDIA drivers back to November and bought, brought my system back to where I thought it was working right over Christmas when I was playing No Man's Sky and Satisfactory. To no avail. I still have the mm. same problems, which means that it's got something to do with either Windows or... I don't know how to fix it. So call out to all of our technical people. I'm going to give another shout out to Mini Pax, who's been uh, helping me behind the scenes, member of uh, both my community and the Sponchunks community, uh, to help me try and troubleshoot this. We are both stumped. Uh, I know we have some very technical, very smart people in the Sponchunks community. Uh, We have had a number of emails come in, but they're all very basic in terms of like, have you turned on Vsync, that sort of stuff? Yes, I have done all the very obvious uh obvious adjustments to um to my software and system that i could possibly think of i am pretty new to the nvidia drivers if you can think of a way that i might be able to what's what i'm looking for uh mitigate i can't solve it right now but if you can think of any way that the drivers in nvidia might be able to help this look a little bit better and less vomit inducing for me uh because in first person games it's it's very um disorienting uh, this this micro stutter, um, then I would love to hear from you. Spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Please drop me a line. Um, and unfortunately, I can't play on my backup system for Minecraft, which is now my iMac. It's crazy to think that my iMac is a backup for Minecraft. But um, the one fifteen two version and snapshots have a different frame stutter issue that's built into the game. It doesn't happen on other games on my uh, iMac. It's only Minecraft. And so I can't I can't play Minecraft on that either, and the bug has been reported. Uh, it's similar to other bugs. Uh, there's no uh, no real kind of resolution that I can see on the future because of the snapshot's currently. Although I, I will confess, I have not tried the new the new snapshot yet. Um, still have the issue, so I'm not I'm not seeing a fix coming in 1.16 either. So that's I don't really have a lot to
0: contribute to what I've been up to
1: in Minecraft, but uh, Johnny, you've been busy. Holy smoke.
0: <laughs> I've been busy over the last two months, really, and I'm sure people have heard it time and time again, but I have some wonderful news as I have finished building the structure of my mountains, and there is a screenshot for you guys in the show notes if you want to check those out at thespawnchunks.com. It is... I would say one of the biggest projects i've ever done in my life and i want to give a quick shout out to everybody who turned up to my stream the other day where i had put we are finishing the mountains today in the title (laughs) and um yeah i had one of the biggest streams of my life the biggest attendance i've ever had uh, on my own which was amazing so thank you all for that no it's all good i mean we we've you know hit a major milestone here i think and there is going to be more action from these mountains in the weeks to come because now I just have all of these giant hunks of stone which look nice and pretty in the background of my ski resort and with shaders on and everything, it looks super nice, but I want them all to look like the mountain that in the picture and the show notes is on the lower left that has trees and snow on the, on the peak and, you know, uh, there's a blue ice ski route that you can actually run down on a boat. I want all of that to be present in the rest of the mountains as well, so... I've got my work cut out for me trying to find out the best way to farm snow, uh, which is obviously going to involve snow golems, but I've been working on ways to collect it faster and ways to craft snow blocks faster because it's it's actually kind of tricky. Snow uh, Snowballs only stack to 16 in this version of the game still, even though in the uh, combat snapshots Jeb has been trialing with the Reddit community, they stack to 64. And if anybody can whip me up a data pack that will allow snowballs to stack to 64... I would probably bring it up that i was using that in the survival guide videos but i really want a way to help the crafting process get moved along a little bit faster because right now it is stifling being able to fill up my inventory with snowballs and make like a stack of snow blocks, maximum mm. and then have to go through that process over and over again a stack of snowblocks is going to fill a minute pizza slice of the overall range that i'm working with and these mountains have got to look like you can ski down them so a little bit of my work cut out for me there, but I'm so happy with this as an achievement. I think it's just a, a mammoth. My mum texted me and was like, I'm so proud of you for finishing those mountains. And I'm like, <laughs> this is amazing. such a surreal circumstance. I think she was probably more proud that I just got like, you know, viewership records for my yeah. channel on Twitch. But still, um, nice. yeah, having, Dude, having the... a great deal of fun with that project still.
1: This screenshot looks
0: fantastic. <laughs>
1: like, we, pe- 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 I'm not sure how many people actually go through to the show notes, um, for the sponge chunks at the sponge but you have to, you have to now, uh, to, to see this shader shot with the, the, the warm sunset light hitting the taller peaks and the cold shadows where the sun can't reach. And, oh man, like I've, I've been to real mountains. I have in my life in Utah seen real honest to goodness mountains and this, they look, not only do they look like real mountains, but they also look very natural, despite the fact that you've hand-placed everything.
0: Yeah, and I also want to give the usual, the traditional now, shout-out to Fwip for his <laughs> his tutorials have really been the the kind of, the turning point for me in figuring out how I was going to visualize these mountains before I ever built them. Like, just yeah. building them from scratch without you know, drawing out guidelines for them first to figure out where all of the peaks were going to go would have been a nightmare, and so I think that was really instrumental in making sure this project was possible in in the way that it has been. But yeah, now I'm looking forward to moving forward with the survival guide videos and uh sculpting out some of the detail of this and making it look like something that would fit into a ski resort but yeah i've had Mm. a lot of people uh, i I posted the same screenshot on twitter as well and had a lot of people be like this actually looks like some mountains that are near me and sending me photos of them and i'm like yeah i can be happy with this this is this is (laughs) (laughs) so that that has obviously dominated my gameplay for the last little while especially on my twitch stream um, obviously trying out Minecraft Dungeons is a a, a new experience and a kind of a welcome relief after how much building I've been doing there. Mm. It's kind of nice to have a more action-focused gameplay yeah. experience. And uh, we I... might be trying out the multiplayer between the two of us if we can get it to work. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. That's going to be a lot Definitely. of fun. Definitely.
1: Uh, we can talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, we can move into the news. Uh, what do you think? I'll start up with the, the April Fool's snapshot, and then maybe we can switch, go back and forth.
0: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, sure. start, start, start off with that, because I don't think we have much to say about that, but it's worth no. covering anyway.
1: We're pretty light on the snapshot news this week anyway, but uh, the April Fool's update was sna- snapshot 20w14 infinity. Uh, every <laughs> update imaginable coming to Minecraft all at once added 2 billion. That's 2 billion. 147,483,647 to be precise worlds based on intuitive player input. <laughs> uh, added deep and engaging lore using immersive environmental storytelling. Added advancements. You are almost there for visiting 1 billion worlds. Added revolutionary uh, visuals that will blow your mind. Sponge m- Menger sponges. I'm not sure what that means. Square spheres and three dimensional turning machines uh expansions for both your game and your mind obviously this was an april fool's joke uh i yes. saw lots of screenshots i saw some videos i think the one that i watched was from ray's works uh and he was just it <laughs> what's nice about the the videos from the april fool's update snapshot was the pure like confusion of, yes. of the people yeah, yeah, yeah. that were doing they would go through the oh okay that's how that works i'll just go go to the portal and then the next thing out of their mouth is usually silence and then followed by what <laughs> like yeah. what, what is why are there pumpkins on the ceiling i don't understand and so i i did find that uh, really interesting um so yeah that's that that happened uh, i did not partake i Think I got enough from the April Fools' videos that I didn't need to dive in myself.
0: Yeah, I I typically stay off the internet for a day when April Fools' <laughs> comes around, and especially right now, I'm like I can't spare the brain power to figure out what's a joke and what isn't. But this yeah. was clearly a, a joke, and I think kind of a cool thing. It's it's always fun to me whenever they just showcase what Minecraft can do if you just apply some weird maths to it. Um, and Adrian Brightmore, um, I think he is still a Brightmore on Twitter. If you want to go and follow him, he is a guy who. Um, Will just feed Python scripts into Minecraft to have it generate fractals and stuff like that. And like, it, I, I feel like the Minecraft community is really well placed to not only enjoy the spirit of jokey kind of updates like this that they put out, but also appreciate the maths that goes into it and have like a more kind of a deeper understanding of how this has been done. So I think it's kind of cool. And it was probably one of the less like um divisive april fools things like nobody expected this to be like you know how minecraft was going to be developed from this point forward like we're all expecting something and i feel like they they delivered something that was pretty unique at least
1: the way that the post was worded and like you get an achievement for doing this one billion times like that kind of stuff i I, very tongue-in-cheek yeah i don't mind april fools events they're not even jokes they're just they're april fools fun memes at this point That, I don't mind. I got caught out. uh, My Discord chat informed me that I said, oh, cool, Optifine is 100% finished. I wasn't paying attention to what day it was. I was just Mm -hmm. excited to see that headline. It wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. It wasn't even pretended. Like There was no tongue-in-cheek about it. It was just when you click through, you're like, oh, that's weird. It says it was out, but I still have to download a preview version. That's strange. And I just didn't clue in. And I was just like, that's just not mean but it's just a lie and I I don't yeah I don't find April Fool's stuff like that funny at all and it just what it does it makes me trust people even less it's like all right well now (laughs) I have to pay real close attention the next time you do use Twitter to make sure that you're not just fibbing right
0: yeah absolutely um,
1: but uh, tip of my hat to Mo Yang for for the April (laughs) April Fool's infinity love it
0: yes definitely and and uh moving on from that we did hard, hard on its heels got a real minecraft snapshot thankfully uh 20w14a was released uh link to the blog post of course on the show notes uh This added Zoglins, which are zombified Hoglins. So when a Hoglin enters the overworld, they convert quickly, much like Piglins do, into a zombified version. Unlike Hoglins, they can't be bred or fed and they don't care about warped fungus. And they said in the the blog post, Beware, these beasts are raving mad and attack just about everything they see. So whether it's a hostile mob or a passive mob, they will basically go after it and attempt to launch it into the air, much the same as Hoglins do with Piglins and players. Uh, There are also changes to strider balancing, obviously coming up with uh, a little bit of uh, a fix and and a few kind of changes based on feedback from the community about the way striders move uh, through lava and probably fixing the issue uh, Cubfan demonstrated where you can you know, push a strider up against a block and its speed increases. I think that has been fixed. But strider speed, while mounted, has been significantly increased to more closely resemble the speed of a boat traveling over water. The warped fungus on a stick that you use to control them now has 100 max item damage. So I think, yeah, 99 durability. And now only takes one damage when it's used to boost a strider, meaning you can boost it more than just a couple of times before it breaks. The boost is apparently a great way to traverse lava lakes. There were also further down the snapshot, some technical changes, which we haven't listed in full here. Uh, You can find those at the blog post itself. But one of the significant ones being attributes being moved to the game registry. So items and entities will no longer keep unknown attributes, and names of some attributes have been renamed to meet resource location requirements. And this is obviously something that bears um, a lot more... um, you know, scrutiny from map makers and that kind of stuff. So, folks who are map makers out there who have some notion of what this means for, you know, the, the way you program your stuff going forward, feel free to write in at uh, spawnchunkmail at gmail.com and let us know how this has affected you, if it has at all. Because uh, me and Joel don't really know much about that world, it's not really our our usual way of playing. So, good to know what that means from a technical perspective from
1: minecraft dungeons which we're going to discuss at length in the main discussion this week uh, we have a release date coming to you may 26th 2020 uh gather your friends and gear up for adventure minecraft dungeons coming out may 26th on nintendo switch playstation 4 windows xbox one and xbox game pass pre-order your copy now that was from dungeons game on twitter you can uh, pre-order via the launcher, uh, it is $19.99, I think that's USD for the base game, Minecraft Dungeons Essentials, Dungeon Launcher, and compatible with Windows 7, 8, and 10, or $29.99 USD, again, guessing on the currency there, uh, for Windows 10 Heroes Edition, which includes the base game, Hero Cape, two player skins, Chicken Pet, and two DLC packs that are coming soon. So already they're talking about DLC packs that are coming, I think that's that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes to uh, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty uh, so that kind of gives you the, the basics I guess um, the what you want to do is you want to click on your uh, Minecraft launcher uh, and um, follow the pre-order to see the prices and see the platforms uh, and you can also of course sign up for a newsletter for more information for when more stuff comes uh, the um, follow-up on the May 26th Uh, is that the March 17th uh, tweet where Minecraft Dungeons team was evaluating the release window based on the COVID-19 concerns worldwide um, I think this is a minor delay. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. It was
0: going to be coming out, uh, the, the original release date they had given in the release trailers was April, 2020. Right. Uh, so we're seeing a delay of, you know, two month. months at the outside, really. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a month depending on how late in April they plan to release it. But yeah. if you assume the beginning of April, the beta is now out and people are getting their hands on it, uh, mm-hmm. like we have. So I think it's, uh, it's kind of cool that they're giving people a little bit of access now and then uh the hype can continue until May 26th when hopefully we should see the full release of the game and if there are more delays that is understandable given the fact that a lot of people are having to work from home right now yep. i think it's great that the team including the team at Mojang are continuing their um their progress on regular minecraft updates even though they're having to work at, separately from each other in you know in non an office environment anymore it is yep. still cool that they're able to keep those lines of communication open and keep developing games like this so hats off to all of them uh before we get into the discussion of the
1: snapshot one last note that optifine has hit pre-release 13 as of sunday april 5th you can get that at optifine.net slash downloads to test out the latest stuff happening there uh Um, how do you feel about the actual minecraft snapshot
0: the uh 14a Um, the strider balances are good, as far as I can see. I like the fact they're a little bit faster. I did find them a little slow escaping from ghasts. Uh, now it's kind of, yeah, it feels a little bit more evenly matched. And, And I was still able to, you know, shoot down some ghasts from the back of a strider anyway, but especially with when you're crossing lava lakes and heading towards a soul sand biome a soul sand valley where ghasts are going to spawn more regularly it did seem like the odds were stacked against you a little bit and the striders are so cute i don't want them to get fireballed so (laughs) um yeah i i felt like that was good uh as far as the zoglins i kind of don't care um it's just something else that drops rotten flesh to me um and they might be a useful alternative to the johnny vindicators for some people because that's not necessarily a game mechanic you know about unless you've looked it up or seen somebody else do it, right? It's not the most right. intuitive thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice that you have a more accessible, um, you know, universal mob farm basically for players and and the, Z- the Zoglins can do damage. Um, I remember seeing a couple of streams where people... Uh, were name tagging a bunch of Johnny Vindicators and having them fight a bunch of Zoglins and seeing who would win. And it was kind of like the Ravagers versus Iron Golems fight. And the uh, the Zoglins were handily beating them a couple of times. So it was, hmm. it was pretty good. But I think it's noteworthy maybe that these are the first zombified animal other than zombie horses, which aren't implemented in survival. They're something you have to summon using commands. And I find it kind of weird that zombification is happening to something non-humanoid. Because the other zombies we have are the three regular variants, and then we have zombie villagers and now zombified piglins, which have been zombie pigmen for a long time in the game before this. But if anything, it suggests a genetic link between piglins and hoglins, which, if anything, is just a bit weird to mm-hmm. me, uh, especially considering that piglins hunt hoglins. But it is maybe something to do with life forms in the nether not really liking the overworld very much. And yeah, I, I I feel like the zoglin seems like I'm not going to call it lazy because I feel like that's uncharitable, unfair to the people who are making the game. But I feel like you know zoglins didn't seem like something the game demanded in 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 a way that some of yeah. the other stuff they've added in this nether update is. It's kind of cool to have a little bit extra, I guess. But I'm I'm not as fussed about the zoglins as I have been about other changes in this update. How about you?
1: I'm gonna grasp at a straw here. And given what I've learned about some of the new guardian farm mechanics that are out there, where you funnel guardians into a nether portal, and then once the nether is loaded on the other side, all the guardians that were loaded in the ether, I'm not exactly sure where they go, do show up and fall and and or or spit out of the nether portal in mass quantities. Yep. Uh, I've also seen a number of hogland farms built in the nether using the um, warped is it warped fungi that they don't like yes yes uh using the warped uh, fungus to make them run away and if you were to run them all into a portal and then have that into the overworld you could potentially have a rather large pork farm um to the point where i think it was kind of op i kind of wonder whether this is mo yang's answer to the crazy hoglin farms in the nether to ensure that it's not possible to do that in the overworld by funneling lots and lots of hoglins into another portal. It could also just be a game performance thing. It was like we just don't want this to be appealing to players. So if yeah. we make if we make it useless, then they won't want to do it. Um I agree one hundred percent. Rotten flesh is not it's not super imaginative about what yeah. they drop. Um it would be cool if they dropped Rotten Flesh and Bones, you know, or had the potential to drop one or the other, but even then. Um I do like the idea just to kind of stay on the positive here of after watching Tango Tech in Hermitcraft season 7 do the illegit no sorry uh iron golem ravager iron farm where he yeah. figured out the distance that a ravager has for attack is actually lower than a golem or more it's longer than a golem's reach so that you can have the golems up against a certain point and the ravagers can hit the golems but the golems cannot hit back if that is the case with a large mob like the hoglin or the zoglin i guess i should say then you could potentially funnel mobs from your afk mob farm into a room where they would be up against a fence or a trapdoor or something like that and be in range of the zoglin but not able to hit the zoglin back Uh, and so it could be a way for the zoglin to kill your mobs for no other reason other than just fun uh also thinking that uh, you could use the zoglin to hit the mob off of a platform so we have to funnel mobs uh, down into water streams or down into a hole in order to drop them and kill them or drop them and cause enough damage just for a fun twist you know you could have the mob plop right out of the farm with no drop at all right in front of a zogling and then like kicking a field goal <laughs> have the creeper just sent into the into the atmosphere uh down to wherever death or trap or collection system that you have uh installed mm-hmm. it, is not necessarily practical, but I am also of the mind that I don't necessarily want to make everything in Minecraft super efficient. This would just be kind of fun to watch, I think. So yeah. there is that. There, I mean, there are things like that, similar, like you said, with the with the Vindicators or the Johnny uh, Axeman, uh dudes. But yeah, like I, I'm not overly, it wasn't on the top of my list of things uh, that I wanted to see come to the overworld. Uh, on a spin, I'm also glad we don't get zombified striders. Because yeah. they're nether mobs that come to the overworld and they don't turn into zombies. They just shiver, which is cute and fun and immersive, uh, which we mentioned last week. So don't zombify Striders, please. That's that's, that's a request.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, the Zoglins, the hoglins the are already kind of beast-like anyway and so Mm. it's not Mm -hmm. it's not making them anything that they weren't already it's just kind of amplifying that Mm. and i I feel like it's going to be interesting to see if people take a hoglin to the overworld to zombify it and then bring it back to the nether and use it as a mob farming thing in the nether where you don't necessarily have uh water to transport items around and stuff like that if you can have a a zoglin just kind of catapult stuff into a collection area then that's that's potentially a little bit i never
1: never thought about i never thought about zombifying a hoglin into a zoglin and then putting it back in the nether
0: yeah it seems like you're taking it out of its environment in the first place but then you know you want to send it back through the portal right away then it, it wreaks havoc in the nether instead
1: oh that that's an interesting idea Interesting yes idea.
0: Z- zoglins in the end is the next logical step i think <laughs> uh but our next oh. logical step is to move on to the chunk mail and ahead of our discussion about a very combat focused experience we have an email come through from tristan about minecraft violence uh, which is an interesting topic and i'll let you read this one joel
1: hi pix and joel i have recently started listening to your podcast and have been watching hermitcraft season six and seven I really love Minecraft, but my parents are hesitant, to, uh, hesitant of me getting it due to the addictive nature and violence that they associate with video games in general. Uh, I'm hoping I could get your thoughts on the subject. Thanks, Tristan from Vancouver Island, Canada. Well, hello, sir. <laughs> yeah. uh, always happy to hear from another Canadian. Uh, P.S. Uh, what other blocks and features would you like added to the new Nether update? So loaded email, even though it's short. Uh, want to start with your thoughts on getting into Minecraft, given the, we'll say, I, I'm i am curious because Tristan said specifically that his parents associate video games and violence in general, not that they think Minecraft is violent, which I think is a, an important distinction. But where, where are your thoughts on this, Johnny?
0: Yeah, I think it's important for parents to take a stance where they should research individual games that their kids are interested in instead of just applying this kind of blanket philosophy to video games overall because video games take a wide variety of forms and I feel like despite the fact there are combat elements in Minecraft, I don't consider it... A violent looking game. Yeah, sure, you can take down a zombie with a sword, but there's no blood. Everything is very cartoony and stylized. There isn't a great deal of like you know, the, the the consequences of all of this stuff aren't nearly as violent as depictions of violence in other games are. Minecraft has its own rating tied to it, um, and the only thing that is not rated about the game is online interactions and user-generated content, of which there is a lot out there, but there is a lot to be had from the core minecraft experience itself uh as for yeah the the addictive nature of things it very much depends on the individual playing it i feel like and that's where it's important to know your own boundaries and for your parents and you to kind of discuss those boundaries and set out guidelines for maybe if you see yourself potentially playing a lot of minecraft and that be something your parents have a problem with you can set some sort of schedule whereby you can a lot a, an amount of time you're allowed to play Minecraft per day or per week or something like that and the gameplay can be supervised if your parents feel more comfortable with that you can also play on peaceful mode which you know means that the violent elements of the game can be removed from it in terms of combat with hostile monsters and you end up just being able to farm animals and it depends whether they feel okay about violence against animals considering that that's something that happens in real life because meat is a thing and, you know, the <laughs> we we farm animals like this in the real world. Perhaps not with a sword, but it's the mm-hmm. same principle, right? So yeah, I feel like Minecraft itself is definitely not the worst example of a violent video game. And we talk about playing Minecraft a lot and for long stretches. And it's true that Minecraft is one of those games that rewards you putting a lot of time into it whether or not that makes it addictive is really, I think, up to the individual. Addiction is very much a personality-based thing. And it's something I won't talk about too much because I don't have much experience with it myself. But I think it's it's wise to just figure out what the boundaries are for that. And there is probably a deeper um, concern that your parents have about that, which you can probably moderate through some sort of discussion with them. Yeah.
1: I know that being addicted to things like video games is something that gets tossed around a lot, and I think unfortunately, it's a bit loosey goosey in 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 how often it's used in its severity or lack thereof yeah. online um, yeah. because in my mind, the word addiction has heavy consequences attached to it. Uh, I look at it more like time management. Uh, I run several small businesses from my ha- my home uh illustration podcasting uh and streaming really to kind of kind of narrow it down uh and i didn't get to stream last week because i didn't have time i was working on contracts and uh, stuff responsibilities i had to do the dishes like you know laundry Uh, stuff like that does get in the way as it should when it comes to video games uh i think that uh, a balance is key Uh, we're going to say that obviously tristan's on on the young side Uh, not as young as my niece, who's seven, who just got into Minecraft. And uh, in conversation with uh, my sister, getting her up to speed on what Minecraft was, what to expect, um, my niece was setting her own boundaries and saying, "Mm, I don't like the zombies. Can I play without the zombies? And I of course told my sister, yes, there's peaceful mode. You can turn them off. No, now my niece is happy. (laughs) She's got cows and chickens and pigs and no zombies. So she's loving it. and I, I had sent my sister a bunch of resources, including a uh, Pixel of survival guide uh, and a bunch of other things. And my sister quickly replied, "That's all good, thank you, but it just ends up being more tablet time. So we'll have to kind of measure that out, that, that out, um, respectively. So for really young kids, there's already tablet time. So just you know, fold Minecraft into or your video game of choice into the existing tablet time. You know, the existing screen time, not." addition to but in replace of if you're playing Minecraft but watching less television I kind of think that's a good thing considering what I know about Minecraft being a puzzle solving spatial analysis fun sandbox game that requires an imagination it is boring if you don't have an imagination in Minecraft so yeah. I I think that games like Minecraft especially when parents have an opportunity to look at the education stuff that's gone out there i want to say it was episode 37 pixel riffs where we
0: talked to andrew clark uh give uh, or take Adam clark. Um, Adam clark. yeah so, somewhere somewhere around there yeah,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll find the link and i'll thro- throw it in the show notes uh if not you can find it easy enough it's in the 30s i can tell you that for sure uh in in the archive on uh the uh and listen to a conversation listen to the conversation with your parents about uh minecraft and education and and what that means uh i know that some of the members of our community are now homeschooling their kids with the world um, crisis and they're using minecraft in some cases to deal with things like geometry math things like that there's obviously redstone for computer programming and logic like there's a lot of educational things that are part of minecraft that uh, i think separate from the run-of-the-mill understanding of what video games are in terms of their you know violent nature there's a lot more to video games than just what you see, from the Call of Duties and the Fortnights and the stuff that makes it into like mainstream non-gamer news, I guess is the best way to to put it. Um, yeah, the
0: creative the creative element to Minecraft cannot be overstated. Yeah. It is one of the few games that allows for this amount of creativity to be put into the way it is played. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think that's the the selling point of Minecraft for me is not even the survival experience really. It's the amount of creative stuff that you can do with that yeah um so yeah i i definitely think that's the case uh moving on quickly to the uh the ps about other blocks and features that we'd like added in the nether update i mean i think the we we've made our case for basalt slabs and stairs in the past and i stand by that i really would like some sort of um some sort of darker gray or black block that we could make into slabs and stairs from a building standpoint that would be a huge benefit um, outside of that, I don't really have much else I want added to the Nether update, aside from if we end up getting Piglin Bastions, which still haven't appeared. Yeah. Um. Then, yeah, I I think it's looking like a fairly complete update to me, and I'm still perfectly happy to be pitched a couple more curveballs by Mojang. But I think we are close to having a full set of features for this update. I would certainly be happy if they ended up releasing it in its current state, um, give or take a few of the issues that have been happening bug wise. I'm, I'm kind of happy with what we've seen so far.
1: Yeah. I would like to see something added. This is pie in the sky, similar to water mechanics, but obviously nether themed. So maybe it's quicksand. Maybe it's not as fast, but anything to be able to move items around in the nether that don't involve hoppers. Yeah. Uh, uh, We, I think the fastest way right now is using uh, ice paths with pistons to push stuff along, which is cool, but a little a little beyond some of the the early players i think it would be cool to have the fact that lava now moves mobs uh in a, in a way that's similar to water moving mobs but it's just so slow and you can't yeah. do it with items because obviously the lava is going to burn up anything useful uh that's not you know a a, a a netherite axe or sword or something so i i feel like there there's an opportunity there to have something to do with maybe soul sand uh or or some way of moving things around some sort of new fluid in the nether would be really cool i mean just think about something bright green dripping out of the walls or something that would be slow but then wouldn't affect items maybe it's corrosive to players i don't know it could, you could have a lot of fun with that i think um Definitely. As, as far as blocks and textures and stuff go uh i'm with pixel rifts and just like you know more more blocks that are uh more widely used a, you know, like I said, a dark gray, something that has a little bit more of a neutral color, bright, bright colors are not really my, my favorite thing. Cause I feel like while they might look good in the nether, you really can't translate them to other places super easily. Um, and I would be more than happy with any other inventive solutions and inventive mobs like the strider, anything that's similar, that is not just a, you know, a Zoglin, you know, something that's Similar to the level of imagination that the Strider has,
0: all for it, yeah, one hundred percent. It's something that's filling a niche that we haven't really seen in yeah. Minecraft before. I think is is always going to be a good thing. And speaking of that, we can move on to talk about Minecraft Dungeons, which is a you know, filling a niche in the Minecraft world that we didn't know needed filling in the first place. But once they originally announced Minecraft Dungeons, I thought, of course, we get a dungeon crawler with a Minecraft aesthetic. It's a different combat experience for folks who don't like the combat in regular Minecraft, doesn't have as many of the creative aspects that the game does, but seems like a super fun experience. And now we have our hands on it. I'm happy to report that we both really really like it i think that's fair to say about your your first look at the game joel you seem to be enjoying yourself on the stream earlier oh man wow this game is fun wow yeah. this game is pretty wow
1: this game is satisfying like e- mm-hmm. and i was i was correct in my assumption last week on the show talking about watching cubfan 135 on twitch and saying like mm, this looked kind of easy i was watching the tutorial level And then I kind of tuned out and was listening, but wasn't watching to him play the more in-depth levels. And, uh, I felt not necessarily more challenged in terms of, I was going to die, but I felt more challenges. Like I had to be paying attention. Like I had to be engaged when there's six or more bad guys all attacking you at once. Like, that's just, you have to think about that. You can't just, you know, click and live. Like you really have to move and do the certain thing, you know, do your certain abilities and things like that. Um... First impressions are just, it was easy to get in. It, the tutorial was short, straightforward. Uh, I, I just just—I—I I just felt like it was really, really intuitive. Now I've played Diablo. I've played quite a bit of Diablo. So um, playing on a mouse and keyboard, the controls were pretty much the same. I had to look up a couple of things, but there weren't a lot of buttons to remember. And I think a good part, part of that is probably because it has to be controller friendly too, right?
0: Yes, and I was playing with an Xbox controller, an Xbox 360 controller uh, wired in, um, but I'm, I'm much more at home with that kind of arcade style of control than I am with mouse and keyboard for that kind of stuff. Not having played Diablo or WoW, I think the most kind of keyboard and mouse game I've played has been um, kind of top-down StarCraft-style RTS games. Right. Uh, along these lines but obviously that's a very different style of game than this and of course minecraft which is wasd and mouse for me but can also be played on a controller as well and i think core minecraft at this point has enough stuff going on that it feels almost overwhelming for me going back and playing that with a controller whereas minecraft dungeons feels a lot more intuitive because it's one button press to do one thing there aren't any kind of hectic button combinations that you have to press in order to get that there's very few issues with you know scrolling through inventory the way you have or crafting interfaces the way you have in regular minecraft um the one thing i had was a couple of controller issues which was most likely the age of my controller rather than any kind of compatibility problem or problem with the game itself i eventually thanks to the menu options they provided increased the dead zone on the analog sticks um because you can kind of adjust that so that you can have a little bit less of like you know you can make the controls more or less sensitive depending on if you want to hold really hard left in order to make your character go left. And I think what was happening, because I was dodge rolling all the time when I loaded up the game sometimes, but the dodge roll can actually be controlled directionally using the right analog stick because you can't move the map around or anything like that. You can't move your point of view around without Mm. moving the character. So I think my right analog stick was acting up a little bit and was dodge rolling me when I didn't want to. And when I turned down the sensitivity on that, Game was 100% more playable. <laughs> so yeah. that was great. Um, but yeah, I found the controller patterns pretty intuitive. I'm still trying to ditch my mindset of playing through um, some of the Final Fantasy games, which is the other games I played with controller on my PC lately. So the control scheme was a little bit different for me at first, but I'm getting the hang of it now. And yeah, shaking off the controls from other games uh, meant that I was fumbling my way through the maps and the menus and not toggling stuff on and off when I needed to. But with, I the keyboard, really mean, with the keyboard you or with the controller? With the controller because okay. you, you press up and down on the d-pad to access the inventory and the map respectively oh. um, so that was, that was not something I was used to uh, but then yeah I, I'm finding the controls a lot more intuitive now I've played it twice now. Um, I played through the tutorial mission, I played through the Creeper Woods level on difficulty 2 and now on difficulty 3. Uh, Mm. So we should explain a little bit more about how the game is structured. After you finish the tutorial level, you have access to a sort of open world map kind of thing that you can select your next destination. Which is really pretty, by the way. It's very cool looking, yeah. Uh, The destinations unlock as you play through other levels. So now having played through Creeper Woods twice, I have access to two other levels that branch out from there. So the game sort of allows you to explore the same level multiple times. And when you go back into a level, you can adjust the difficulty setting to have a higher risk reward. So you get better loot, but there are more difficult enemies, enemies spawn in greater numbers. And I think it may even end up unlocking other areas of the map in that kind of procedurally generated way that they were talking about when we were looking through the Hmm. game development videos they published, uh, where other dungeons and stuff will be tacked onto a map and there'll be underground areas. Of a level that you can explore because i definitely went into one area the second time around when i was playing on difficulty three that i don't think was even there when i was playing on difficulty two okay and that had more loot in it had more interesting stuff and some higher level equipment that i was able to get hold of yeah
1: i didn't have time to get past the initial uh, the initial difficulty levels. I only played the tutorial and then part of Creeper Woods. Uh, Creeper Woods was much bigger than I anticipated. I thought I was going to be able to complete yeah. it on stream, but I just, I it mean, was... I was having fun. I wasn't worried about losing my progress. I just kind of bailed mid- in the middle of it and said, man, so I'll, I'll come back.
0: It was way longer, I thought. Like, I was expecting, after how short the tutorial was, for Creeper Woods to be of a similar length, maybe a little bit longer. It was about five or six times longer, especially when you add on those extra mm. lo- lower level kind of things. Yeah. Because Not it all takes either. place. Exactly. It takes place on the surface, but then there are a couple of doorways you can enter. You sort of unlock them as you go, and yeah. then that takes you into almost like a stronghold style thing from core minecraft except you know it's it's laid out more like a dungeon there's just a few different rooms to explore and and chests and stuff down there i found a couple of secrets as well i found a couple of places where you either have to walk into a room and examine something that doesn't look like a switch. There was a, a backwards skeleton skull that highlighted when I walked up to it. So I pressed that and it opened up like a sliding section of a wall, Ooh, cool. which was super cool. And uh, there's a couple of places where you can walk off the section that is actually mapped on the overview map. And if you sort of walk around a fence and double back on yourself, you can find a chest in front of one of the village houses at the beginning. So th- there's definitely some secrets to find. It rewards exploration in that way by dumping a bunch of extra currency and maybe a couple more you know health items or you know a new Mm. bow or something on you and uh i'm finding that stuff really rewarding about this is you know naturally minecraft itself rewards exploration by giving you uh set pieces to explore like desert temples and jungle temples and stuff like that or shipwrecks and that kind of thing but Minecraft Dungeons, with it being a little bit more structured, has the advantage of being able to lay surprises like that in for you that you're guaranteed to find if you just walk off the beaten path a little bit, which I really like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed walking around. I was trying to be a, more of a completionist once I got into Creeper Woods and trying to look at the nooks and the crannies, and I wasn't expecting yeah. to find anything special in the tutorial, but uh, I I did find my way into a dungeon uh or a, or not a not a big dungeon but like a, a an underground passageway and what i liked so much about it is that when i came out the other side i was actually in a location on the map that made sense like yeah. I, tra- I traveled northeast and then when i came out of the map i was in the northeast section of the map compared to where i entered in on the southwest and i thought that was mm-hmm. really cool um, yeah the, the pc controls for me i think are they're intuitive uh for me but also there are some little combinations like you were talking about you know your your one of your sticks is is doing the dodge roll uh for me it's the space bar that does the dodge roll and you control that by quickly clicking your uh left click which is your attack button uh on the mouse which will point your character in the direction of whichever way you have the mouse so if your character is is at is at you know zero and if you hold your mouse above the character, he'll dodge roll up the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Or she will dodge roll up the screen. And then, you know, same thing. So if you go, if you hold it down at like, you know, 10 o'clock or, you know, or, or, or six o'clock or whatever, then it's going to shoot you in those different directions depending on where you put, pre- where you hold your mouse compared to your character versus where you press uh, the space bar, which is cool because you don't have to necessarily, uh, you can do it quite quickly so if you're facing a mob and you need to run away a quick move of the mouse in the space bar and you will dodge roll in that general away from mob direction which is mm-hmm. great uh, i thought that was really useful i didn't use it as much as i should have uh still getting used to where things are and what you can and can't do in the game uh as far as the controls for me i found it very strange that you can't do anything with wasd i did not deep dive into controls as to what i could map um yeah you've got one two three across the top for your your augments for your abilities left and right click for for a a regular melee attack and uh right is a ranged attack Uh, you've got shift to hold yourself in in place which is very useful uh and then space for the dodge roll shift i found really uh robotically I was overusing it because of Minecraft you know like you're shifting yeah. so you don't fall off the edges of blocks and stuff because you're yeah, in peril yeah, yeah. there's stuff everywhere and there's edges everywhere and you're like I don't want to fall off and what ends up happening is that I was often shortchanging myself where I would be holding down shift and trying to hit the zombie and he wouldn't be close enough and I would miss him and then I hit him the next time as he got closer so you kind of have to like start those initial two or three attacks with like click without the shift so that you step towards the bad guy and close Mm -hmm. that distance and then once you're there if there are two or three or four of them around you then you can hold down shift and point your mouse in different directions and then attack each particular one um i really i didn't try it with the melee because it was it's such a fast thing but you can stack stuff with the ranged attack so if you see three skeletons and you're quick enough with the mouse you can go boop boop And then your character will shoot like one, two, three, but long after you finished clicking. So you can line up your sequence of shots, which is very, very cool. Uh, I I really enjoy that. Um, I was actually surprised. uh, One of my first criticisms, I discovered it by accident. Um, Holding down the right click will charge up your bow. Yeah. And I mean, sure, it it makes sense. It, It makes sense that that's how you do it in Minecraft, too. But the game never told me that. I don't remember that. Did you get that tutorial note?
0: Uh, no, it wasn't in the tutorial at all. I actually discovered that, like you did, kind of organically. And I wonder if they're leaving stuff like that out so they're not throwing too much information at mm-hmm. you right mm-hmm. away. Yeah, uh, but yeah, after a while it became clear there was a little glowing animation. And it's kind of like, yeah, like you, like the bow does in Minecraft, you get a crit if you hold the button down for long mm-hmm. enough. And it's still faster and more responsive than the bow is in Minecraft. So you can yeah. fire off a bunch of shots and then charging it takes like a fraction of a second. Um, yeah. But I thought that was good. I think I think it adds a little bit of depth to bow combat that could otherwise be fairly static. Oh yeah. Um. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty intuitive.
1: I know that you mentioned a lot of loot and stuff. I got a couple of enchants uh, on some some gear, including my bow. The last thing I did was enchant the bow with multi shot. Talking about bow and ranged strategies, so your your bow will shoot two arrows. The first of which uses up an arrow. The second of which is free, but the second does not do as much damage and automatically targets a Nearby enemy, uh, nice. So yeah, so which was really cool because then you can then there's a real strategy. So when you've got three skeletons coming towards you, one of which has armor, target the armor dude first, and your secondary arrows are going to hit the other skeletons. They're not going to one shot them, but they're real close. So by the time yeah. you get to the other skeletons, they're nearly done, and it's it's really cool. Uh, and somebody in my chat said that that felt a little bit overpowered. I didn't think so uh i was owning face with it don't get me wrong but i also think that i was at the beginner level i i think that that would be essential to higher difficulties and probably even just essential to as the game progresses and things get harder and um especially if you're dealing with mobs like spiders that can um stick you in place by lobbing projectiles uh i thought the line of sight in the game was really interesting really hard to master a little bit difficult to maybe sort out as to what you can see through and what you can't it's a little trial and error there but i thought it was really interesting that the spiders could lob their web over a structure so you might try to shoot a spider and hit the stone in front of it meanwhile it's shooting webs over the stone at you and i thought oh man okay that's that's fun and interesting and creates a new dynamic
0: and i just can't wail on this guy from afar i have to kind of like get around things uh, to yeah do that. it's it's also it's also the first deviation that you find of a mob behavior from regular minecraft because obviously spiders don't throw cobwebs at you in regular minecraft whereas zombies zombies skeletons vindicators creepers all of the other enemy types in the game thus far have been things which you can expect to find in regular minecraft and behave much the same vindicators will rush you with an axe skeletons will run away and try to shoot you from a distance uh there are a couple of other illager types that show up like yeah. enchanters which buff the other illagers around oh, them. that's what they do because
1: i was like yeah i I, kill, I was killing them fairly easily but i was like but they're not doing anything to me like i'm not feeling an attack from them at all
0: yeah, I I misidentified those originally as evokers, but they've got like a kind of they've Purple. got a head wrap kind of thing on and a book in front of them, and <laughs> they, they do, are they have like a turban, yeah, <laughs> they they do, and it's it's very cool design, and oh, yeah. it's the kind of thing that you expect to find it in this game and probably wouldn't make much sense if you added it to minecraft itself because mm. they'd be so rarely around the other villages i think the closest thing we have in regular minecraft is how witches will throw health potions on villages right. during a raid yeah um but then yeah you don't tend to find that kind of behavior elsewhere so it's good the game is already setting itself apart from our expectations for it from what we know of minecraft already And aside from that, of course, we have um, so many different textures, so many new items and building blocks and stuff that you do not find in the game, sub-block stuff like fences and gravestones. I think you mentioned this on your stream that there were already about four or five different path blocks that you picked out just from the tutorial level in terms of like dirt interacting with cobblestone textures and stone brick textures providing a much more worn and trampled in look for that village environment that you just don't have that level of variety in minecraft without a texture pack right now
1: no it's it's true and you have to in some cases you have to have optifine to get that kind of texture variation <laughs> yeah, yeah. in order yes. to get getting it in there but uh there it could have been shadow it's hard to tell the game is very pretty and lit very well but there there appeared to be some bricks that were darker than than regular bricks they were mm-hmm. uh the texture pattern was similar to um i'm blanking purple so purple blocks yep. have a four, like it's a two by two perfectly square pattern and these stone yep. bricks were like that but they were a darker charcoal gray and embedded in the ground a little bit and yeah like it's i mean it's a pretty game dude i yes i yeah. i left the graphics on fancy i didn't push it too much just because of what i'm dealing with with my frames right now but mm-hmm. uh, and uh i'm sure my computer can handle it I'm, I'm running a 1660 ti so it should be fine um but it I just found it so immersive and in a way there's a lot of stuff where I looked at it and thought like that is really cool looking but man that's really simple Minecraft building like those are stairs at the bottom of full block pillars with windows in between them like it is not rocket science but boy does it look good and I don't know whether it's just like the textures are a little bit different like you mentioned uh, you were in chat in my stream and you mentioned that everything kind of has like a chamfer to it like it's not a it's not a physical Uh, soft edge but the textures all have like a soft corner to them so everything feels a little bit more cartoony and um, it hits
0: the light a little bit more in certain ways yeah, as well, which, which yeah, yeah. regular Minecraft blocks don't by don't virtue of the fact that they aren't, they aren't lighted by the same sort of lighting engine they're working with here. Yeah, no, exactly. Um,
1: so I, I thought that walking up to some builds, we were like, well, this is a really cool fence. And you're like, no, this is like a rudimentary, this is like day one Minecraft fence uh, in terms of like log fence with fence gates and stuff on it. And like that sort of stuff I thought looked really cool. Uh, then there are other things like, you know, lanterns hanging from chains, swaying in the wind and creating creaky noises and things um which i thought was was a great touch and you get jealous of like standing next to this you know horizontal fence post like i just want one of those like <laughs> mm-hmm. i want yeah, one so stuff like that i found um but i also found myself looking at things going like how could i do that with minecraft now like what what kind of blocks could i use to try and emulate that particular design uh, so yeah. that's always fun to kind of be inspired by, by this game to go back and, and check out something in Minecraft, um, getting into, uh, I want to say some of the ideas that I think in terms of feedback for the game, I'd like to be able to pan around the map screen. I'm, I'm a completionist and being able to pan around to places I've been, I don't want to see where I haven't been. I got to understand not being able to look forward. But if this I is
0: while you're while you're in the level, sorry, yeah, to so, clarify, yeah. rather, rather than the kind of map level selection screen. Oh, you're Oh, sorry, about yeah, while you're in, playing, in
1: like when you hit M in the game and you see a yeah. little white outline, it's a. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd like to be able to zoom around that. I also feel like the map screen is a bit dark, uh, especially because as you mentioned earlier this week that the map screen does not pause the game. If you're standing there and you could see things like sheep moving around in the background or a bad guy coming towards you, it would be a really good visual indicator that the game is not paused when you're in the map screen. Um, yeah. And so I'd like to see a little bit more, more of the background. I think that you could possibly... You, know, you could lighten that up and still have it be very legible as far as uh, where you are on, on the minimap. Uh, I liked the map quite a bit. I liked that it was just a simple line, that it's, you know, it's it's fog of war, you know, that, that reveals where you've been and reveals where you have not been. And, and it's like, oh, I haven't been in this very distinct narrow corridor. I should probably go check that out, <laughs> you know, and sure and if, enough, there's some chest or something down there.
0: Yeah, if you've uncovered chests but you haven't collected them for whatever reason you haven't like noticed them pop up, those will appear as icons on the map, as will dungeon entrances and exits. Yeah. Uh, so that's really useful and in one case there was a dungeon i think i think it was one of the optional dungeons that i found in creeper woods where something was hidden behind a switch behind a wall but i'd walked close enough to the adjoining wall that the chest icon popped up on the map so it actually led me to explore that area a little bit more closely and nice. think hmm, how can i get to that because there's not an obvious path to it so, so in some cases it's really working in your favor trying yeah. to get you to explore those little hidden areas
1: I actually discovered my first dungeon entrance by pure accident. I didn't see mm-hmm. it on the map first. I just kind of walked up to this thing and thought, oh, hey, look, this this little thing on the ground is very designed. This looks like a stone secret passage button that I should press. And sure enough, it opened up a big stone wall and you know, yeah. it slid in behind things. And so I had this very organic discovery uh, of that. And then, of course, when I came out the other side, I saw the map and I, oh, cool. Okay, so now I know what dungeon entrances look like on the map. So I think they've done a good job of the map communicating like where things are and what you might where you might want to go and i i think that there's a reward uh to quote onward that i watched this weekend on from pixar uh of the path less traveled there seems to be like a you can go straight and follow your objective marker but if you go left, that looks like the long way, you might have more fun. I feel like that's going to be going to be true of of Minecraft Dungeons as you go forward. The more more off the beaten path you go, it might be more challenging, but I think you're just going to find some more fun situations uh, coming about. Um, How did you feel about the enchanting system?
0: I think it works well. I think there's a lot of variety to be found in that i went through several different weapons and each one had a different selection of enchantments on them i barely saw the same thing twice which was very promising to me so swords could have like i think at least eight or nine different enchantments on and sometimes it offers you just two sometimes it offers you three depending i think on the power of the weapon that far but i've had fun with a few of them and having played back through the level twice I was able to use a few more of them, swap out weapons, uh, salvage some of them, so basically cash them in for emeralds and get an enchantment point back if you'd used one already. So oh, cool. I've been I've been through a few of them. Yeah. So now you can get um you can get things like thundering which summons a lightning strike every so often when you're fighting a bunch of enemies. Sweet. Um and, and sometimes you get stuff like stunning, which will yeah temporarily stun an enemy. And a lot of the early enemies you're taking out in a single hit. And so that might not seem quite so great for you, but especially on higher difficulty settings or as you progress through levels, you'll find the armored enemies that take three or four or possibly even more hits, depending on how powerful your weapons are. And it's really useful in situations like that. Uh, there is leeching, which gives you some HP back, depending on the health of the mob that you're fighting. Uh, there's there's a bunch of different ones, and I'm finding a lot of them really fun to use. There isn't really one that I would single out as like, yeah, I'm not really going for that. That's kind of useless. Like they're all ones that I want to explore. Yeah. Um, the armor actually has built-in stat buffs, increases and decreases of stuff that are worth looking at as well. So the wolf armor. That I've got right now um has a benefit that only really applies in multiplayer situations. Like if you take a health potion, then it also heals the people around you. Oh, cool! Uh, but there's also hunter's armor, which gives you bonuses on ranged attacks. There's scale mail, which gives you bonuses on melee attacks and defense. So you can already see it specking out different classes and working towards different kind of builds, like they've talked about in the past. And you yeah. can mix and match that stuff as you want, but it allows you to start playing a character class a little bit more in a multiplayer situation. And that's the one thing I haven't... The one thing I really want to do now is play a multiplayer game, and we might talk about that after this to see if we oh, can yes. get yeah. get we a multiplayer should, session. We should try out. and
1: schedule that, and then we'll, we'll follow us on Twitter, folks, uh, at Pixelriffs and at Joel Duggan, and we'll kind of announce that. Uh, also, we'll put it in the Discord for our Spawn Chunk members as well, but yeah, we're going to yes. work on that. Obviously, we've got to get the show out first, but but after that, um, we we've, we've, it's time. It's time. <laughs> no yes. time like the present, my friend. I, find, I find the gameplay really satisfying. I, I agree that the early mobs with the one hit are i think just aimed at younger players to just try to really teach mechanics i'm coming to this having played diablo so you know it it it, it does feel a little bit fluffy at first um it feels a
0: baby's first dungeon crawler yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah as it should i think maybe um no i mean not maybe like as it should um i love that the skeletons fly apart when you kill them uh I know it's a lot to ask in terms of the, what's the, the Minecraft engine, probably not even possible, but boy, is it satisfying to just smack a skeleton and watch their their limbs go in one direction, their head going in another. They're an undead cartoon skeleton. It doesn't really matter. When they hit the ground, it kind of has like that xylophone, like, you know, kind of crackle. Yeah, yeah. And it's just really fun. And the animation adds to your feeling of power, right? Like when you smack a zombie... Um, I don't know whether it's your first or second strike with the sword. The third strike with the sword is like a it's like a thrust. It's like a uh uh, uh a straight straight shot. But yeah. If you hit them and kill them with one of your left or right swipes, they spin sometimes. Like they it's like yeah, you've yeah. got a roundhouse punch to the face and they kind of like spin around cartoon style and then land on the ground before they disappear. Um to to uh kind of bring up what uh Tristan had mentioned earlier in the in the show in their, in their email. Um, there's no blood in the game, you know, like there it's anything that happens is, uh, stars and characters get dizzy with little swirls above their head, or they go flying and they land on the ground like a rag doll. And then they just kind of disappear, right? They just, they, they vanish into thin air. Um, even when you save a villager, they kind of go poof. Like, I'm not sure what they do. They use some sort of like teleportation thing and they, or they're <laughs> magic, magically teleported. They basically go, they disappear in a puff of smoke. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of like, cartoon violence uh obviously combat is the focus of minecraft dungeons so there's no creativity in terms of the building aspect maybe some puzzle solving later we don't know uh but uh i i would draw a a a parallel to any kind of warner brothers cartoon so i mean like i'm 40 uh, anybody that's in my age that has kids that are young or whatever, if you can remember what the old Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny cartoons are like, this is no different. Like, those were probably even... The cartoons were probably even more violent than this. It's like, so,
0: yeah, there's a strange level of violence that takes place. And because it's all cartoony, they get sort yeah. of a free pass. But there's like, you know... Da- yeah. da- Bugs Bunny is being hunted with a, a gu- by a guy with a gun half the time. Yeah. He's like a very, a very yeah. incompetent guy with a gun yeah. and is always being outwitted but still like there's yeah. there's a level of violence present in those that I feel like people don't always acknowledge in the same way they do video games because video mean, games are a, an easy scapegoat for that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: and that's a great thing like uh Wabbit Season is one of my favorite uh shorts from Warner yeah. Brothers. And when Daffy yeah, yeah. Duck gets blasted in the face with a shotgun, his bill just spins around or goes upside down or something and he's smoking and you know like his feathers are on fire or something like that. He's still yeah. very much alive. And that's what I feel like this is like it's like they there's no zop zing pow and boff that are happening above your head although they could probably add it and it would be just fine like it's got that kind of like 1950s cartoon kind of um bop the enemies
0: in the nose kind of feel to it um yeah it's what? got the Wily e. Coyote enormous block of TNT that you can throw yes. at stuff. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, yeah. is it's very it's very acme. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Very and obviously true. it's the it's the TNT block from Minecraft. But I find those just the most frustrating because they are the least accurate. If you don't get the drop on a group of enemies and throw them within a certain yeah. range, I feel like the enemies just walk out of the range towards you before the TNT block goes off. So yeah. you have to use those very tactically, and it takes the place of your ranged attacks, so you can't shoot any arrows until you've thrown it. Um, but yeah there's there's some cool stuff like that in there that's just like one-off little weapons that you can throw around um i feel like i didn't use the fishing rod that it gives you often enough because that's kind of useful it pulls enemies to you but it also stuns them so you can get a few hits in and on my second playthrough creeper woods i started to get a better feel for crowd control but i also had better equipment by that point Mm -hmm. anyway So I was holding my own a little better.
1: Yeah, I had trouble trying to use the fishing rod. I also forgot that it was there. I think a lot of that has to do with the keyboard layout. Uh, My hands just intuitively is sitting on WASD, but my pinky is using shift. My thumb is using space bar. I never think to go up to one, two, three with my my fingers. So I might try to remap those keys uh also i for inventory and m for map are on the other side of the keyboard like they're just nowhere near so i'm gonna have to just kind of see if i can customize some keys that are closer to um closer to me so i can get at those menus a little bit faster especially with um i hit e a lot because e is inventory in mine is it yeah it's inventory in minecraft and it's also um enter a chest in or a building in satisfactory so yeah. so i was hitting e a lot and drinking my potion and putting it on cooldowns like oh darn it <laughs> like you know i did i didn't want to do that right then so i need to kind of figure out another thing like r or f or something that's close by in that WASD asd sort of configuration for that kind of stuff uh what would be some of your criticisms of the game how do you think it could be improved
0: um there's I don't know there's a couple of things personally i was kind of disappointed in the blacksmith that you get Uh, this is a minor spoiler for you so apologies for this but once you've done creeper woods and you freed a couple of those villagers your camp that you go back to to kind of you know gear up and plan whatever the next area you're traveling to is uh starts to populate with villagers and the guy right next to your mapping table where you choose the level select uh, Is a blacksmith who you can give like 80 something emeralds I think it's 80 emeralds base and then plus whatever power level you're at uh, So I-, I bought some stuff at 84 emeralds and then later I came back and it was 89 emeralds um, It's daylight robbery. He gives me rubbish uh, I mean, th- there's definitely like a-, a scale that it's working with It's giving you a range of items above and below your current power But I never felt like anything I got was, like, super lucky from that guy. Um, I got more interesting stuff from ending the mission than I did from the blacksmith. And he gave me a pickaxe that was a different weapon. I hadn't encountered that anywhere else. But it had basically the same stats as the sword. Maybe a little bit more attack power, but a little bit less speed. Um, And so I've only gotten a couple of things from him that have been better than the gear I've currently had. And then when you salvage those, you only get a fraction of the cost back. So obviously that's what you're meant to be gathering these emeralds for in the first place but it does feel kind of grindy and maybe that's the point it encourages replay value yeah and and so forth and it's also worth looking at the enchantments on that gear he gives you because if it's the same attack value as a weapon you've already got then you can maybe enchant it with something different that you'll prefer yeah but yeah i, I feel like that was maybe not quite as rewarding as it could have been given that i traded with him a few times and basically all of it was a dud until i'd gone through creeper woods a second time um so I don't remember
1: I don't remember how this worked in Diablo I feel like there was some sort of base camp where you could do some buying and selling and things but I can absolutely say that in World of Warcraft the gear that you find or the gear that you are rewarded for completing quests is Far better than anything you can buy in any shop in any city, right.
0: anywhere. It's maybe they're it's just, just I, I need to in, adjust just, my expectations. Yeah, with that maybe. They're, yeah. Just, they're
1: just money sinks. Now, later on in, in Warcraft, how they balanced that out was like if you received this OP, not OP, if you received this fantastic sword and you didn't like the fact that it was pink and sparkly, then you could go and use the transmog system, which you could then make it look like. Any item in the game so if you were being a little bit more traditional you just wanted to go buy an iron sword or something some cool double-handed handled sword from from a vendor you know in orgrimmar and use that you know and just make your current weapon look like that weapon then it would became fun to kind of go and search in the shops and try to find some cool looking like traditional fantasy weapon that didn't look like like you know a universe on the end of a stick (laughs) because sometimes the weapons in in warcraft and world of warcraft would be a little bit weird looking uh depending on the expansion it's like i don't want this to look make it to to look like it's made out of like red stone i prefer my iron axe you know for my character rp and i think that that would be a neat thing that they could add if if the blacksmith is going to be a money sink and really not give you any kind of reward um compared to what you're going to get from just general loot i i agree that it should be less than what you get in say completing a level but in just the random chests around a level i think the blacksmith should be on par so i haven't gotten there yet yeah. but I, I agree that it, it should be able to give you something that you can do i i was surprised uh and curious because it, it is new to me that the enchants are linked to the weapon so i have three enchants on one sword and three enchants in another they're both they're all different um and but i had already invested in one sword so i thought well Now that I know I get my investment point back, my level point, my enchantment point, that's good to know. Because if I preferred the new sword, even though it was the exact same attack power, I preferred the enchants on the new one, then I could trash the old one. Uh, What did you call it? Um, Salvage. Salvage. Salvage the old one, get back my enchantment point, and then place that on the new sword. It's a little bit... I kind of want... the Maybe it would be cool if the blacksmith would allow you to maybe combine weapons and choose like you're going to lose you've got six enchantments between these two weapons you can only take two or three forward with you which two or three did you want uh yeah. if that was expensive that to me would be cool because then you're dealing with weapons that you found in the world you're paying a price to this blacksmith to to then combine these weapons uh and then you have to make a sacrifice like you have to lose something you don't get six in chance you only get two or three or four or whatever it is yeah
0: you know. and and it acts a little bit more like minecraft yeah. anvil does yeah. anyway yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: um uh, my my criticism mostly came from the ui um i really liked the gameplay i found it pretty satisfying uh in the tutorial Shoot the skeleton. The window that tells you to shoot the skeleton is hiding the skeleton. It is really <laughs> yeah. poor design. It, I, th-
0: I think that's where I came into your stream, and that was really unfortunate placement of that text box.
1: Yeah, it was really not well thought out there. Uh, the skeleton could have very easily been on the left side of the bridge instead of the right and been shooting you right away. Um, it would have been made a lot more sense. I didn't know where the skeleton was until I walked close enough that he shot me. Like, I had no clue. Yeah. Uh, that's also where I discovered the line of sight stuff, because I was trying to shoot the skeleton and something was in the way. But you know what I couldn't see?
0: What was in the way? Because the tutorial mm. window was... <laughs> blocking it um oh um i have a question for you actually because i didn't notice this happening on the stream does the game highlight the enemy that you're attacking or because you have mouse and keyboard controls is it just like the one that you're mousing over because with a controller um it will actually highlight in red the enemy that you're kind of targeting at that moment so it might be a little bit easier to spot that skeleton because it's outlined in red on the, uh, ah, on the controller. Nope. Um, which I didn't see that happening when you were playing. I wasn't paying super close attention. No, but... you've got a
1: mouse over them. So, right, so, okay. so if you wanna, if you wanna shoot the enemy, you, can, I think with a ranged attack, you can kind of point in a general direction and shoot your arrow in that general direction. It may or may not hit the enemy yeah if however you put the the mouse directly over the enemy they will highlight red or a different color uh which is cool for anybody that might have like color blindness or whatever you can change that to be something else yeah um so i imagine bright white would also be very helpful um, but yeah once you're mousing over the character it will highlight and then you can press the trigger and or mouse button or whatever and it will do whatever it is you're going to do melee or or whatever so is it what yeah. it means is that in your in close quarters everybody gets like a red highlight but in distances you can select which one you're hitting first which is cool uh in terms yeah. of, of that so that that is another thing that they might want to think about i guess for pc players is that you know the highlight doesn't happen unless you directly mouse over i'm glad it yeah. doesn't i don't want to move around the screen and have a bunch of enemies in the distance light up red because i feel like that would take me out of it a little bit (laughs) yeah um which actually brings me into one of the other um criticisms i have i love the depth uh i think it's a very immersive game i do think there are a few too many trees and obstructions that come between
0: you and what you're doing and yeah especially when you're exploring the corners and trying to find secrets yeah. and stuff i find my character just pretty much disappears into that yeah. sort of gray silhouette that you and,
1: see and then you feel like a june bug bashing your head up against a window you're just kind of like well i can't is, is the screen moving that way no is, i guess is I can, there I can, something I here yeah yeah because then you feel like you're playing a video game not exploring a map right not exploring yeah. a world Uh, and so the thing that i found frustrating uh not because it made it more difficult because similar to the mouse over red highlight when you see an enemy beneath a tree if you can see them then they will have like a white ghosty highlight it's not an outline but they'll actually have like a ghost image to them the problem is that you can't see if there's something in the way so very often i'll go to shoot a skeleton and the arrow won't hit them because i can't see the tree trunk because they don't they don't uh make the tree transparent they give the mob a highlight and i would prefer them to make the tree more transparent not see through completely but like you know bring it down in opacity to the point where i can see myself i can see the bad guy and i can see the fence post that might be in my way in terms of trying to shoot them uh not because it's hard because it's not fun uh if i do something really cool where i smack an illager and they go spinning And the only thing i get to see is the ghost image of that it's not very satisfying i i think that you should be able to see uh behind stuff and i want to say that's how it works in diablo uh i don't remember it's been a really long time since i've played but i feel like when you walk underneath the canopy or something it's not you that gets highlighted it's the canopy that turns transparent and then you can still see what's going on i think it might be a better way to handle um handle that i think some of the ui changes in the uh inventory screen could be a little bit more clear i caught on pretty quick that you know inventory one two and three in your inventory screen are directly below you but they don't have numbers but on your ui at the bottom of your hotbar they do have numbers so i kind of feel like you know having one two and three in slots one two and three in inventory to coincide with one two and three on your uh, hotbar on your main play screen i think would be would be better i i I, I I think those
0: are actually those are actually marked on the inventory when you're using a controller i think i think it actually tells you this is x y and b if you're Uh... using an xbox controller on the inventory screen so maybe maybe it's just not there yet May, or, or maybe it's just that they are expecting if anyone's playing this with a keyboard and mouse, they're expecting them to be familiar with this kind of controls because it feels more yeah. intuitive to players who have been, been playing yeah. Diablo on PC before. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm just thinking if it, if it is um, uh, Little One's first dungeon crawler, then I think that some more clarity there for some younger players would be, would be good too. I also yeah, wasn't sure where to put my armor. Like I was looking for an armor slot. Like I had a weapon slot. I had I had my bow. I had my... Axe, and there was something else above my head. I don't remember. There was three different slots um, where I could where I could put stuff. Uh, but then the armor, uh, I had to drag it over my body, my torso, right. And um, it was fine. I figured it out. But it was just a little bit like it, like in Minecraft. You can see very clearly that the empty item slot in your inventory has a chest plate shape to it. So that's where the chest plate goes. Um, and so I thought that some, visually, some things they were just a little bit different um yeah in the hot bar there's a button on the far right hand side that looks like a bracket but it's like upside down it looks like a u that got cut off somehow i don't know what it does it had like a double arrow on it and i'm not sure that's that's the dodge roll that's the space bar oh that's the space bar okay so that's yeah. the symbol for the space bar okay i didn't i didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that that's i wasn't whenever i used the dodge roll i was too busy uh watching the dodge roll because my dodge roll has fire uh Flame farts. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it was. Whenever I did that, it was like, wow, that's really cool. Also, don't walk over your own flame farts because you (laughs) die. You know, like so. (laughs) So it's like that. That kind of. I wasn't looking at what was lighting up on the hotbar when I was pressing spacebar because there was a lot lighting up on screen. At
0: the same time, that's interesting actually. That 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 hurts the player because I got a poison cloud effect on my sword that didn't do any damage to my health but did damage enemies.
1: Yeah, I know. This this was straight up like don't walk in the fire sort of thing. Yeah.
0: I guess it makes sense if it's tied to dodge though it's like an evasive thing to begin with whereas like if you're meleeing something and a poison cloud comes up you're like great now I'm choking to death like that's that's not how that ability should work if you're using it in close quarters anyway so yeah like there's there's a lot of stuff that's like little tweaks here and there would be great and I I think little yeah little tweaks I I feel like the majority of the stuff here is really great and like some of the the negativity I've been seeing about this is more just like, oh, this isn't really Minecraft because you can't mod it or you can't build anything. Or like, if I wanted to play a dungeon c- uh, crawler, I would just go play Torchlight. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. But Minecraft is such a recognizable brand at this point, And I think they've been doing such a great job of making this game feel recognizably Minecraft, but different enough and having its own kind of set of assets with all of the extra building blocks and stuff they're using to create these levels to make it feel like a unique thing in its own right. It's like, it, 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 it makes perfect sense that this exists in the same kind of overall universe as Minecraft, but with a, a different set of mechanics and it's, yeah. it's super fun to play one thing i have seen a couple of people saying would be great for this game which maybe we discussed in the early days when we were talking about this but i kind of agree now is user generated content is like a mario maker approach to this or little big planet mm. or you know going back as far as the tony hawks pro skater games where you could design your own skate park like having a level designer for this would be amazing it and, would avoiding some stuff like that
1: i feel like so much of the levels that we're encountering are so designed and so uh purposeful i don't know how much of it is actually procedural like i feel like some of the maps that i've seen felt very much this is how it is and when you get into the dungeons and stuff that's where it gets procedural so maybe procedural for you know a map maker for dungeons would be cool like the underground
0: stuff but the overworld stuff just feels so complex yeah um, it, it, it feels very much like they were talking about in the videos uh, a collection of set pieces that are yeah. chained together sort of randomly but each yeah. of those is individually curated to be something yeah. particular yeah, i have one that, last that thing to mention
1: but before we move before we wrap things up when you were watching my stream was anything that i was doing vastly different from what you were experiencing in terms of the level setup or was it all pretty
0: familiar Uh, It all seemed mostly familiar to me. Having gone back through Creeper Woods a second time, I think some of it was different. Oh, okay. Um, So I think... I don't know if that's the difficulty scaling part or if it is just like it generates slightly different features of the map. I remember you going through the underground passage from one half of the level to the other happened exactly the same for me the first time around. Right, okay. And so I think that is a, a set piece. It's a fixture of that level, right. but then there's a little bit more variation further up you go.
1: Yeah, and it, and it probably uh, is a good, intro. it's like it's the first time you do it. So it's a good introduction to that game mechanic and then, oh, okay, when you find buttons and switches and s- stone buttons in the ground, use those to access to these tunnels. They are going to probably, Get more complex and more, you know, um, rewarding as the levels go on and as they get harder, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. In response to the criticisms about, like, you know, I'm just going to go and play Torchlight, I would say that's not the point. Uh, I, you know, there's lots of different games out there that if you want to play sandbox games, there's lots of other alternatives of Minecraft that are nothing like it. So, but I think the opportunity here uh, is to think about this as, like, but this is a dungeon crawler that the older Diablo fans can play with their kids. Yeah. Right? Like, you can, you can be a 40-year-old Diablo hardcore fan of exploding demons and blood and guts everywhere. You can't play that with your 7-year-old. You can play mm-hmm. dungeons with your 7-year-old. You can, you, can, you can get in there and have probably a rip-roaring good time. I also think that it's going to be easy to play and hard to master. I The enchantment trees and, like, all that kind of stuff, like, the builds... There is going to be a lot to this, I think, and I think that that's going to be enough to satisfy some of the older players that might think they might look at this and see its simplicity visually and think, that's not really for me. I think you should give it a
0: chance and uh, if you want if you had any doubts about how minecrafty this game was and whether the community was going to find ways to put the minecraft back into this game <laughs> some folks from the cycraft server have already found out a way to afk farm levels and i'm pretty sure methods is now level 100 just because there is probably some part of the game where it spawns enemies continuously and you can find some way of like you know buffing yourself to the extent where you're just going to be able to take stuff out while you're not playing the game like maybe if you stuck the analog sticks together with like a rubber band or something like that and dodge rolled in a circle with the flame farts thing that you had maybe you could just run rings around a group of zombies and constantly be gathering xp that way or something. i haven't i haven't looked into exactly how they've done it but yeah believe me the minecraft community they're nuts they will find ways yeah. and yeah it's it's kind of charming personally i think this game deserves to be played the old-fashioned way but i think yes. for the people who enjoy that kind of let's break the game kind of mentality to it i think it's cool that they've found that way and the fact that they've done that more than anything else makes this feel like minecraft to me Which is, i, I which think is it's a fun. nice
1: nod to of course to mojang and the dungeons team that the game was that interesting even for those like technical get under the hood, let's break it people that they yeah. stuck through it and still managed to find that. Not yeah. only is that invaluable feedback, I think for the, for the Dungeons team, but also just a nice compliment. to say, like, wow, well, okay, these guys that played it, thought it was okay, but then thought, wait a minute like well, there's more here what what could we do i think that 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 would be very inspiring i think as as someone that created this game you know like having no idea what those players were going to do with it and then coming back with like they did what now <laughs>
0: like yeah the, the fact that they bothered to do it in the first place i yeah. think is is uh, something they should take yeah. as a compliment definitely Alright folks, well, give your opinions on Minecraft Dungeons if you have access to the beta or if you've seen a couple of videos that inspired you. Are you planning to create a Minecraft Dungeons level in Minecraft now based on the maps that we've seen layouts for and stuff now? Are you just looking forward to the release of the game? Let us know via our new email address, spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up for the Spawn Chunks today. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com The music for the show is composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud as ever to be a listener supported podcast if you get some value out of the show consider putting some value back in by visiting patreon.com slash the spawn chunks there you can join our community you can pledge at any level to get an invite to our patrons only discord chat where the discussion about minecraft dungeons has been proceeding apace. Uh, it'll also get us closer to our next milestone goals of recording the show live in Discord so our patrons can listen in. We're currently at 169 patrons, which is an increase from last week, but there is always room for more. And we have a new addition to our content engineers. Special thanks go out to Yakov Nastin for joining the content en- uh, content engineers group, along with Cameron sigelski Greener Canuck JD Williamson, and Yitz. Thank you all for your support on this episode.
1: I believe that's the name that I butchered this weekend on our uh, quarterly Hangout, which is one of the benefits of being a member of uh, the Spunchunks Chunks Patreon page and so uh, I want to give a, a shout out to all the people that showed up we had a uh, record-setting attendance in our uh, hangout this past weekend thank you for all the questions all the feedback uh, really great to hear that so many people are uh, into the show enough that they want to be part of uh, helping it be better going forward sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show it's free you can find us at the Spunchunks Chunks on Twitter and Instagram but personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast with your friends normally I would say poke a friend in the arm now i'm going to say wave and shout at them from across the street and say that you should listen to the sponge chunks because uh, now they're talking about minecraft dungeons in addition to the traditional minecraft conversation we have every week you can email the show at the new email address at spunchunkmail@gmail.com. at gmail.com subscribe on itunes android stitcher and spotify we're also on the youtubes the rss feed is linked on Spunchunks. oh sorry at the and the patreon page has the rss feed for patrons only That is where you can listen to the Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast.
0: My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three days a week on Twitch, where the mountains are built, but there is still more work to do behind the scenes on the Survival Guide series, and I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, when you're not combing dungeons, where can people find you online?
1: Everything I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. If you're interested in hiring me there, then just drop me a line. I do a fair bit of uh, Minecraft related content these days. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but if you see the MC uh, Championship logo floating around online in your Minecraft circles, that's me. I, I designed that for them. Uh, if you want to le- listen to my other podcast about fantasy and sci-fi entertainment, you can find that at thecitadelcafe.com. This last episode was about Picard. That should be out later today. You can also follow me at Joel Duggan on social media. I'm pretty easy to find today i'm going to point you towards twitch.tv slash joel duggan where you can watch a vod from just an hour ago uh, where i played minecraft dungeons for the very first time
0: and uh, watch this space because we might be uh, figuring out a way to stream some multiplayer dungeons if not today then perhaps later in the week but for now thanks for visiting the spawn chunks the world outside is infinite and the arch is watching